0: All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is J.R. Flatter, and this is The Secrets of Leadership and Coaching. And Our distinguished guest today is Dr. David Quarterman. And Dave, um, I'll let you introduce yourself. You could do a much better job than I ever could.
1: All right. Well, thank you, J.R. Um, my, my name is Dave Quarterman, as J.R. said. And importantly, uh, I guess for my background with regard to this interview, is that I spent uh, four years in the Marine Corps. I spent uh, 24 years in the FBI. One of my assignments in the FBI was being the uh, head of what is called the Leadership Development Institute at the FBI Academy. There we ran all the leadership programs that the FBI was responsible for, including uh, the National Executive Institute Associates made up of chiefs and sheriffs of the largest Uh, organizations in the United States, as well as a program called LIDA made up of uh, chiefs and sheriffs up to 500 in their organization. And uh, then we did an outreach program with the um, uh, Australian Federal Police and uh, Scottish Police College, uh, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, and uh, others that uh, looked at leadership in the counterterrorism environment after uh, the 9-11 attacks. And so at any rate, I, I maintain uh, a liaison with uh, both the National Executive Institute Associates and the uh, Leadership and Counterterrorism Alumni Program and I'm currently on both boards of directors.
0: Great. And you and I also facilitate a local leadership program here in our community. And that's where you and I know each other the best, I would say. So our listeners and our viewers are our peers, they're leaders, they're leadership developers, they're coaches. Uh, You come from that background, a very prestigious uh, resume in that regard. What advice or what information might you offer your peers or someone even thinking about getting into this space?
1: Well, I think you have to reflect on the reasons that you want to get in it, uh, primarily. Um, when, you're, when you're really considering this, you're, you're looking at trying to model behavior. So you have to think through what it is that you're doing that you think uh, is of value to others. And then you have to design your, your workspace around that. So you have to really model what you consider to be best practices, and uh, obviously for all of us, that's not an easy task, but uh, others are going to look to you to say, what, what are you doing that allows you to be in this space, and why do you feel like you're somebody that would add value to it?
0: Mm-hmm. So I
1: really think a lot of um, uh, self-analyzation and reflection is a key component to the, the work that we're doing.
0: Yeah, it's a very crowded space. Everyone who's ever been a leader wants to get into the leadership development or the coaching space, and therefore, it's a pretty crowded marketplace. And I think you and I have talked in the past about what it takes to be a good leadership developer, Um, and that would be scholarship, your PhDs in leadership, some methods. I think you talked briefly about methods. How do you take that tacit? knowledge in your mind and make it meaningful to somebody and then the third is the experience piece and certainly an experienced leader can be an experienced leadership developer But i think you need the other two as well the scholarship and the methods so i see you
1: smiling well i think i think you bring up a very interesting point which is that uh, i think there's a lot of people that are leaders that do not have the uh, research behind Uh, why they're good leaders. Uh, Some of us are raised in an environment where at an early age, we're expected to be a leader. Um, Birth order can be a part of that. Um, Mm -hmm. There's sociological factors, uh, a missing parent or something forces you into a young leadership role. But uh, there's also the component of intellectually understanding why people behave the way they do. And I think that's what you're really referring to, the study of leadership. From that perspective and obviously there's a lot written about leadership and everybody has a point of view and uh, if it was an easy thing to really or simplify we wouldn't have so many books on leadership and we do so I think part of that is the study of what others have said as well
0: yeah back in the days and I know you've done the same thing with doing your literature review there's what, 5,000 pieces of work in this field and you have to read almost all of them if you're going to be thorough about it but the average person getting into this space probably doesn't need to read 5000 pieces of work it's just more than just having more than experience so i know you also do some leadership coaching in the community program that you and i facilitate can you give us a couple lessons learned for giving 360 feedbacks or any kind of leadership coaching
1: Well, I think all of us have to decide why we are in the space that we're in. And um, when I I say that, wherever we find ourselves in our lives, it's obviously working for us at some level. And what I'm suggesting to you is that uh, even somebody who may be battered or emotionally uh, abused, at some level they stay in that relationship because it's working for them it might be dysfunctional it might not be the healthiest environment but for whatever reason the individual has decided uh, that that at that point in time makes sense for them now having said that the the whole goal i think of leadership or of coaching is to try to move people from a uh, less Functional area to a more functional area, or you know, you could use the term self-actualization if you're talking at the very tip of the top of the uh, scale. But it's to move us in a direction of uh, positivity and out of a place that we might not want to be in. So I think a good coach is one that is able to help in that regard. Wow, that's an
0: incredible insight. All the years I've known you, I've never heard you say put those two things together that even though you're dysfunctional in some way, you consider yourself functional.
1: Yeah. That's incredible. Well, my, I would offer to you that it's very difficult for us to change things that we can tolerate.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: uh, it takes a real exceptional mindset to move ourselves out of something that we can tolerate because, mm-hmm. It's just—it's human nature to stay in a place that that is tolerant. Mm. So, it, you know, the the human performance, particular, we we're watching the Olympics right now. It's it's amazing what the mind can do and uh, visualize. And uh, as a result of that, I think any of us are capable of exceptional um, attributes as well as exceptional behavior. But we have to want to do it, and that I think is the real key. So it's helping the individual you're working with to look at those goals or performance objectives and to help move them in that direction. And that's what a good coach
0: does. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, so we help them self-discover that through our skills and also help them as an accountability partner when they identify where they want to go and then helping them stay on track. It's good stuff. So um, one of the uh, requirements of being a distinguished guest on this podcast is you have to give up one of your secrets. And I know you got a bunch of them. So
1: what do you got for us? All right. Well, I think when you're to be an exceptional coach, um, I mentioned modeling behavior. I think that's a big part of it. But I also think when you're a coach, you're trying to move people in the direction of their self-stated goals.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, that really takes uh, help. It helps to take a look and ask them what are their goals, have them help to focus on those. But then um, the, the thing is, you need to ask them good questions. And I think any good coach is, is really good at asking questions. The other thing that I think a good coach is uh, capable of is with that uh, awkward silence, which mm-hmm. is where the question is raised and then the uh, individual you're working with is uh, forced to really think through what it is that they want. And uh, you have to be comfortable with that because, uh, The answers all lie within each of us as to what it is that that works for us and that will change our lives. Um, All we are as coaches is somebody that helps them
0: figure that out. Yeah, that's one of the greatest challenges when we're certified coaches or helping people become certified as coaches, learning to allow silence. It's just, I don't know whether it's how we're raised as children or how we're taught as to be leaders and give the answers. We call it the pregnant pause. And over time they get they get it, but it's still for many people never comfortable.
1: That's true. That is absolutely true. Yep.
0: So um what else you got for us?
1: Well I will share with you one of the the, the questions that I will always ask somebody when I'm coaching them. And uh, the the first question usually centers around what it is that they want to get out of their art time together, because uh, it's sort of the Stephen Covey, begin with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. But it's also setting the expectation for the time that you're going to spend with this individual. And so I'm always cognizant of the fact that, uh, you know, m- most people, especially if they're paying for service will not come to you unless there is something that they want to change. And so you're, again, the the pathfinder to help steer them by questions to where they want to go. So that's that's one of my first questions that I always try to ask when working with a
0: client. because every meeting I've ever been in with you, you start with that same phrase. <laughs> <laughs> where are we going? Let's start with the end in mind. My... All right. So the last thing I'd ask of you, graciously offer up a couple recommendations for future distinguished guests.
1: All right, well, I have two that I, I would offer to you, JR. Um, one is uh, both a business partner of mine that you know, and that is uh, Dr. Larry Nicholson, uh, Nick Nicholson. Uh, he is in this space, and he's been in this space for about 30 years. and. Uh, has done a lot of the work that you and I have done. So I think it would be of interest for you to talk to him. And then there's a practitioner uh, who is uh, a police officer. And I I know a lot of senior police officers, but Tom Manger, if we could get him, he's recently taken a new role uh, as the chief of the Metropolitan Police up in Washington, DC. But he was for years the chief of uh, Montgomery County and before that, he was chief of Fairfax County, but uh, he's been the president of the Major City Chiefs, and uh, he's on the board of directors of the National Executive Institute. Associates with me, and if we could get him, I think he would be a terrific uh, uh, person to interview.
0: Mm-hmm. He's a he's a
1: practitioner of leadership,
0: mm-hmm. obviously very successful. So you bring up a good point. You come from a law enforcement background, with a strong leadership. Background, in addition to your scholarship and leadership, do you stick to the law enforcement community in your coaching, or do you coach and lead outside of the law enforcement community?
1: Well, for for years, I worked with police officers, and most of them were leaders in their field, uh, obviously. Uh, but since I've retired, um, I have more. I have worked more with people outside of law enforcement. I still keep my finger in it through the boards that I'm on that are associated with law enforcement uh, and find great reward and value in, in all of that. But uh, I have really tried to root or, uh, root myself in the community. And part of that is the work that you and I do with Leadership Fredericksburg, mm-hmm. through the uh, Fredericksburg Chamber of Commerce. And I've enjoyed that immensely because I've gotten to know Leaders from all over this region. Uh, And the one thing that I missed through my FBI and my uh, federal government career was I was so busy with uh, national and international issues that uh, I didn't have time to get grounded in the community that I live in. And uh, we've been here 35 years. My two children went to high school here and were raised here. So it was really important to me to get involved locally.
0: Well, thanks so much for being with us. i sure there's a lot of nuggets in your words, a lot of wisdom in there. So I know you're a busy, busy man. So thanks for sharing some time with us.
1: Well, thank you, J.R. And I want to say and send a compliment out to you as well. It's been a real pleasure and a privilege working with you in the Leadership Fredericksburg program. And uh, I've learned a lot from you as well. Thank you, sir. Have a
0: great day. Okay, you take care. Bye-bye. Bye now.